And then came along Wayne Huizenga. Uh, Wayne didn't open the door to consolidation. He kicked it down. Welcome to the Fixed Ops Roundtable podcast with Ted Ings, sponsored by BG Products. Be good to your customers with BG. Hello, everyone. I'm Gene Girdley, and I produce and direct the Fixed Ops Roundtable podcast and virtual events. The Fixed Ops Roundtable podcast is your source for automotive industry leaders, innovators, and top performers, providing you with the latest ideas, technology, customer trends, and performance improvement strategies. And now, here's Ted Ings. That's right, Gene. Mike Maroney is one of the best known and most highly regarded automotive leaders of our time. His family is now in its third generation in the retail auto business, where Mike started out at his family's Ford dealership in Western New York. He then became general manager of the first Maroney dealership in South Florida. The Maroney Automotive Group would grow to nine dealerships before merging with AutoNation in 1997, where he became the key architect for their growth and served as president and chief operating officer until 2015. Mike saw the development and implementation of the operating structure, processes and sales, fixed operations and e-commerce. And today he leads the Mike Maroney family of dealerships, which consists of dealerships in Colorado and Florida. Mike Maroney, welcome to the Fixed Ops Roundtable. Ted, good afternoon. It's really great to be with you. Thanks for having me. Mike, you've got an amazing career and I only touched on a few things there. <laughs> um, you know, one of those is longevity. And, you know, you've been in our business for a long time. Um, tell our audience a little bit about growing up in the car business in Buffalo uh, at the Ford dealership and then South Florida. And then ultimately that big decision to join AutoNation, very brave at its time. Well, we, you just spanned a long period of time, but let me start by saying I started in the business at two. Um, my goal in life was always to hang out with my dad, and he worked every day and every night. So um, not only did we talk business, but every Saturday I visited the store, and even growing up, I started working when I was 13, worked in all the different departments, and was blessed to have a mentor like him that taught me the business and taught me the value of building teams and uh, treating guests right. Uh, we then moved to Florida in 1977 and bought a bankrupt Ford store um, in a very downtrodden area. And my dad put me in. It was my first leadership role of running an entire store. And although it was very bumpy and a very tough situation, uh, I literally worked every day for two years, seven days a week, uh, out of fear of losing my dad's capital. And we ended up, he and I, and a great team of people, and they got building a really nice private cap business. We moved into another county and kept buying additional stores. And at one time, uh, built the largest store in America. Uh, wouldn't be today, but it was then. And it was just a wonderful experience to build a business with my dad and with a great team. And then came along Wayne Heisinga. And uh, Wayne was a legend. Um, we met a number of times uh, with both Wayne and Steve Berard, who was the co-CEO. And I made a decision to trade a second generation family business um, for the opportunity to work with Wayne and Steve and to build something very special. Uh, Wayne had access to tremendous amounts of capital from his success at Waste Management and Blockbuster. Uh, Steve was behind the scenes, but a great leader and a great deal guy. And off we went with Republic Industries that later became AutoNation. 
And that literally was one of the big changing events in the automotive retail industry in our in our lifetimes. Um, you took a real what was considered then a uh, uh, risky proposition. And there was a lot of opposition, Mike, as I remember, when the manufacturers started seeing uh, the acquisition of all these franchises. Um, what was that like to go through that that early period? Well, Ted, we had a lot of ups and downs, but I would tell you it was an incredible time. Uh, Wayne didn't open the door to consolidation. He kicked it down. And he had early supporters uh, in Detroit. He had a lot of opposition in Japan and LA. And one by one, we agreed to framework agreements. We were performance driven and we built an incredible business. And it wasn't just Wayne and I and Steve. Uh, Along came Mike Jackson, who um, did a tremendous job. And uh, Mike and I and a very talented team worked together for 15 years. I was at AutoNation or Republic for 18 years. Mike and I worked together for 15 years. And I think we built together a very great company with a lot of help. Did you know at the time that you were embarking on on building the largest automotive retail automotive group in the world? Did you know that would happen? Um, absolutely not. I knew that Wayne was very special. I knew that capital was critical. I knew he was bold. Uh, he used to use this term of speed as a competitive advantage. We became the fastest growing company in the U.S. back in 1998. Uh, I don't think you ever know where it's going to go, but I would tell you it was incredible. We worked day and night and traveled the country and built an organization. And luckily, we're able to surround ourselves with outstanding people that helped us be successful. And you've had a unique perspective of running a family business and then running a publicly traded automotive dealership group. And that's that's not something that everybody gets to see from, from your vantage point. Um, and now you've come back into the retail automotive industry and you're coming back in a big way. Why? Why, Mike? Well, firstly, first, I'm hopelessly addicted to auto retail. I I think (laughs) auto retail is a fascinating business. And what makes it fascinating is taking a group of people and helping helping them be successful and then focusing everybody on a guest experience. So the reason I came back in all candor is, one, I miss the business and I miss the people in the business. But secondly, I had a unique opportunity to involve family members that were from the next generation. And we call this the knowledge transfer phase. And it's an expression that I borrowed from AutoNation, but it allows me to take a lifetime of learning, both from my dad, from Wayne, from Mike Jackson, and many, many others that mentored me, and be able to share some of that wisdom while understanding the businesses in change. So I have uh, three family members in leadership positions I also have some great operating partners. Our operating partners are able to have equity in the business, and and we have a great support team as well. So the chance of working with them to build and grow another business was irresistible. Tell us about your dealerships in Colorado and Florida. What what franchises, and um, tell us what's going on there. Well, in Colorado Springs, which is a very unique market that doesn't have the highs and lows of some of the high-growth markets, Uh, but it's a wonderful place to live. We've got two Chevrolet stores, a Honda store, and a Volkswagen store. So in each of those franchises, we only have one facing competitor. So for a guy that uh, grew up working in the big cities, both privately and with AutoNation, having one competitor is a very different way to go. 
Uh, we also have a Ford store in Longmont, Colorado, that's uh, north of Denver. And we have a Chevrolet store in West Palm Beach, Florida. So what attracts us those is those are great places to live and work. They're great places to find talent. And it's a very pro-business environments and they've worked out really well for us. We love both markets and love the brands we represent. You know, a big part of our discussion at the, uh, at the event this week has been dealership culture and uh, the importance of a, of a strong culture in the dealership. And I know you've had, again, that perspective uh, several times over now. Um, tell us about your mission, uh, your company's values. What have you, what have you said uh, for them? Well, first of all, the, the founding principle of our businesses, and I'm, in, I'm involved in almost 50 businesses outside of auto retail, a little bit of insanity, but we call it a culture of caring, where it really starts with associates caring about each other and doing little things to help other people. It then extends to our guests. It extends to our OEM partners. It extends to our lenders. And most importantly, it extends to our community. So that culture of caring is something we hope you can feel as soon as you walk in our store. And so that's important. And and what it does, it breeds trust. Um, It's driven by transparency. And I'd say the other redeeming value is we are there to help our people be successful and be successful by helping guests make good buying and ownership decisions. Mm, That's amazing. Uh, The past year and a half, we've probably seen more change take place at the retail automotive level than maybe would have seen in the next five or 10 years. That all got consolidated, Mike, I think, into the last, like I said, 18 months or so. Um, And one of the areas that our audience has been talking about quite a bit is employee retention and keeping employees in in the current climate. And I I think it's always been a challenge in our our industry. But um, tell us what you think is the key to, you know, retaining employees over the long term. Ted, I think the key really is to help them grow. People don't come to just sit there and do the same thing their whole life, especially the upcoming generations. People want to be challenged. They want to be trained. And we put a tremendous amount of effort into people development. I think we've now promoted 16 different associates into management roles in the last couple of years. We um, are using NADA. We've got an in-house trainer. We do mentoring programs. Most importantly, we try and include a broad group of associates in our decision-making and in our discussions. And I think it's paid off really well for us. The talent pool is very thin in, in business in general, especially thin in auto retail. So rather than always looking for the next shining star to solve your business problems, I think it's more appropriate to invest in the people you have and to give them the knowledge to be successful. Uh, it's not like a football team where you put people on waivers. We make commitments to our people and ask that they make commitments to us. And so far, it's worked really well. And that employee retention is carried through. Uh, we even see, of course, the technician um, retention was already so difficult going into the pandemic period. And now it's even more difficult today. Um, does that training and all those processes apply as well on the fixed op side? Oh, it certainly does. And, you know, technicians are by far the toughest people to find. And my dear friend, Carl Sewell, who wrote the book Customer for Life, when I asked him once, what's the what's the advice you give your children coming up in the business? And his answer was very clear. Go find, hire 
and retain the best technicians that can help you provide the best guest experience. So rather than starting with the superstar general manager, it's let's start with the people that solve guest problems. And I think it's great advice. Um, Our service consultants, our service managers, our parts team, our technicians, they all have to act together. If any one of them doesn't do their job, the whole guest experience is spoiled. And we're really blessed to have good people. We'll never have enough. Uh, but we appreciate the ones we have and we invest in them. And we're starting to see a lot more on the fixed op side of that um, employee who can grow within the business. Earlier in the show, we had a, a gentleman who's a good friend of the conference named Ed Roberts, who is now the chief operating officer at Bozard Ford Lincoln in St. Augustine, Florida. And Ed came up and uh, most recently for the past 10 or so years was a fixed ops director. And they offered him that career path where now he can oversee what is the largest Lincoln dealership, from what I understand, in, in the United States, perhaps in the world, and probably the biggest shop on the East Coast. So that career path in fixed ops is, is so important as well. It is. And, you know, I'm familiar with Ed. I don't know him well, but I admire what he's done. But the principles in fixed ops are not that different than the principles in variable. You have to overmanage your traffic. You have to have early manager involvement. Um, you need to use technology to become more efficient and more transparent. And you just have to keep reinvesting both in your facilities and your people and your tools. And I, I don't think that fixed ops is as different from variable ops as it has been historically. No, you're, you're, and you mentioned technology there. Uh, there's been so much happening in our industry in, in the ways of technology. And I, I think back to when they said, you know, Amazon can't possibly work, all right, because they keep losing money. And then we recently heard that just a few years ago on the Carvana side as well. There's no way that could possibly work. Yet what's happened is that a lot of technology now has thrived and consumers are very comfortable in inter and as are we in interacting over the telephone to make decisions on both sales and and service and now fni as well um how do you see as as technology playing a role as we move forward in the retail auto industry well i think technology is going to be critical if you want to have a digital experience You have to change your pricing and you need technology to support your pricing. If you want to do an online transaction, you need opportunity there. If you want to manage your inventories, you need real-time data. If you want to communicate with guests, you need a variety of ways and an omnichannel way to communicate with guests. So I think technology is really, really important. And I'd say personally for me, having an opportunity to work with the Carvana team as one of their, as the lead director and one of the board of directors with a really good board has been an incredible experience. I say that it gave me a front row seat to the future, but I see how they've used technology to both drive costs down, make better decisions, and communicate with guests the way they want to be communicated with, and then drive tremendous volume. It's very impressive, and I am privileged to be part of that team. So for the the retail audience watching, the dealers and the managers, how do we... um because we all realize it's still a people business at the end of the day, and it's built on relationships and strong relationships. How do we, how do we keep that balance between technology and the people side of the business? What do you think? Well, I think you need both and you need scrappy, hungry, smart people, but they can be smarter and more successful using technology. And I think 
what the pandemic has taught us is that we better pivot and we better pivot quickly. And we're going to have to learn new ways to do business. And frankly, some of them are very different. When you move into a non-negotiable environment, your compensation plans change, your pricing becomes critical, your sales process is different. And to play in the digital world, it can't be the same old way of just seeing how much can I get from the guest for every product or service I have. It's got to be value driven. Um, it's got to be quick and easy and and guest friendly. You know, on the fixed ops side, Mike, the um, our event, the fixed ops roundtable initially started out as a physical event where we would go from city to city and we were on the East Coast and West Coast and doing these physical events and we would bring key dealers in to speak. We had Fred Bean speak at one of the events. Um, we had uh, Brian Benstock show us something in 2019 called service pickup and delivery that he had been uh, championing at uh, Queens, New York at Paragon Honda. And he had been doing it for a couple of years and working with the folks at Google. And a lot of folks who came to those meetings said, she, I don't really know if that will ever take hold, the service pickup and delivery, if there's a need for that. But then we had to adapt with the pandemic and we went virtual rather than just wait this thing out. And um, one of the things that was said at one of our first virtual conferences is that fixed ops last year has more than ever become the front of the store where a lot of dealerships were not able to operate as they had in a sales environment, fixed ops was now of new importance, that service and parts and body shop. How do you, how do you see the importance of fixed ops in the uh, retail mindset? Well, I think it's critical. I think it's remembering that fixed ops challenge is to solve the guest problem. This isn't about generating gross or retaining gross. Yes, that's the business side of it. But the number one opportunity is to solve the guest problems. If you can do that on a consistent, regular basis and meet your commitment, make good promises and live up to those promises and solve the problem, you can cement a relationship with the guest that's very special. And it can't be broken by a digital seller or others. There becomes a two-way loyalty. So I think that opportunity to serve guests is critical. I also want to call out that as we were deemed an essential service and our service departments were open, my admiration for the men and women that work in those departments across the country, not just in my stores, is incredible. A lot of us hunkered down in our homes. We work remotely. We did Zoom calls. You know, we participated, but we weren't at risk. These people literally put themselves at risk every day, showed up six days a week to serve our guests. And I will never forget it. I am eternally grateful to that group. And I think the relationships that were cemented then both internally and externally with our guests will benefit our business for a very long time. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, finally, last question for our dealers and managers watching, what, what do you think is next? What's ahead for the retail car industry? What's on the horizon? What should we be keeping our eye on? What should we be aware of? I, I think the most important thing, Ted, is change. We are going to have to be great uh, change management people. And this has been going on for the last 40 years, but everything is accelerating. Electrification is going to change our industry in a big way. Uh, I think that uh, digital selling is going to change in a big way. But what's not going to change is our reliance on people, whether you're at Carvana, the people at Carvana, or you're at the Mike Maroney Auto Group, or you're in any organization. Um, you are going to need talented, motivated associates to deal with this change. And it's not going to be the same business. 
I think it's going to be as good or better, but it's not going to be the same. And you just can't put your feet in the, get stuck in the mud and say, well, here's how we've always done it. Here's our best practices over the last 20 years. You're going to need bright people that are working with you that can that can adapt and change and have fun doing it because it is a really fun business. It is. And, and Mike, you know, on behalf of the Fix Ops Roundtable, thank you so much. You've got so much going on right now, not only with your own dealerships, but with all your other interests and companies and things that you're doing. And, um, you know, you're really leading the way and continuing to be a, a, a true pioneer in our industry. Ted, thanks for the kind words. Thanks for having me. And let me just be clear, all the successes that we've had are due to the people that we work with. It's not all about me. It's about the team and they prove it to me every single day. So thanks for having me. Um, good luck with the rest of your roundtable. Hope, hope we can get together again. Mike Marooney, thank you so much. Mike Marooney here today at the Fixed Ops Roundtable. Thanks for joining us on the Fixed Ops Roundtable podcast with Ted Ings. Sponsored by BG Products. Help your customers be good for life with the Lifetime BG Protection Plan. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast or any of our Fixed Ops Roundtable events, or if you'd like sponsorship information, reach out to Ted Ings at area code 212-763-0016. That's 212-763-0016. 212-763-0016. On behalf of Ted Ings and everyone at the Fixed Ops Roundtable, I'm Gene Girdley. Thanks for listening.